0: The BSN Nuggets podcast, as always, presented by Inwego. What's in we Go? Well, it's Denver's best subscription that actually allows you to go to as many events as you can in Denver around Colorado for only $39 a month with no additional costs or fees. So you can go to hundreds of events ranging from Pios versus Providence College Hockey here at DU, concerts like Gucci Mane, Boogie T, go to Avalanche versus Blues at Pepsi Center here coming up this week. Buffs versus Rams, basketball, little college hoops. If it's going on in Denver, there's a good chance that Inwego can get you in. Here's where it gets really good, though. We've actually partnered with Inwego to give BSN listeners a great deal. So here's how you take advantage of that go to Inwego.com right now, backslash BSN, or you can download their app for free and use promo code BSN50 when you subscribe. When you use that promo code, you're going to get 50% off your first month. So you're going to get all those events I mentioned. Hundreds more a month in Denver, around Colorado, sports, comedy shows, beer tastings, food festivals—really anything you could ever want to go do on a weekend or even a weeknight—you're going to get that for under twenty bucks during your first month. If you guys try it, I guarantee you you're going to fall in love with it, like we all did at BSN Denver. So again, go to inwego.com backslash BSN, or you can download their app for free. And as always, use promo code BSN fifty.
1: Welcome in to the BSN Nuggets podcast, presented by In We Go,
0: joined by special guest Mason Plummer. I thought he was going to knock that ref out in LA. (laughs) Coaches will get testy with officials, but to run out onto the court and cut him off—I've never seen that before. You should have taken a charge on him. What's going on, guys? Welcome into a brand new BSN Nuggets podcast. Harrison Wind here. Tuesday edition of the show. Solo show today. Got a Nuggets loss to break down. Unfortunately, these have been happening a lot lately. Been breaking down a lot of losses. Not as many wins. But the Nuggets fall 104-98 in Milwaukee to the Bucks. I got a lot of thoughts on this game. A lot of thoughts. Also got a couple questions that I'll get to on the Total Beverage Fan Hotline. Thanks to a couple of you guys for calling in after the game. And I want to remind you, if you do ever have a question for the show, the Total Beverage Fan Hotline is the place to submit that question. 1-800-BSN-8394. 1-800-BSN-8394. That's the number to call. If you've never called before, all it is is an answering machine. So leave your name, leave where you're calling from, leave a question or a take from the show. So I'll get to those in a couple minutes. First, I want to start off at the top, though. I know I'm talking to you guys off the ledge a lot after these recent losses. And I totally get it. They've been tough to stomach from a fan's perspective. I I can definitely see why. I mean, anytime a team loses six out of seven games after starting nine and one, there's going to be a big letdown. But I think when you look at these losses and you look at these six losses in the Nuggets last seven games, outside of that Brooklyn game, I really don't think you can be that upset about too many of these losses. Going way back to November 7th, the Nuggets fall 89-87 in Memphis against the Grizzlies. That's a typical Grizzlies game. You know How many times have the Grizzlies hold teams to under 90 points in their building? We've seen that so many times over the years. And also this year, the Grizzlies are a solid team. I mean, they're 11-5 right now a good point differential, and a four-game winning streak, the second best team in the Western Conference in these early season standings. So I don't think you can be too upset with that loss. The Brooklyn loss, yes, you can be upset with that one. That's fine. The Nuggets should have beaten the Nets. They were in position to beat the Nets. A lot of the late game execution things that some of them I'll talk about today happened there. So that was one they should have won. No excuses there. They lost the Bucks at home. 121, 114. You know, maybe they should have beaten the Bucs then because they were at home, and maybe this last loss on the road was a little more explainable. But Milwaukee's a damn good team. They're probably one of the best teams in the league right now. They're one of the best two teams in the Eastern Conference right now with the Toronto Raptors. They have probably the MVP right now in Giannis that not just the Nuggets can't stop, but nobody in the league can stop. So I'm not trying to make excuses, but these are good teams the Nuggets are losing to. After they lost to the Bucks at home, they filled the Rockets at home. The Rockets have not been great this year, but I mean, they're back on track. They're 8-7 and now. They've won four in a row. I don't think it's going to be long until they retake their spot as the second best team in the Western Conference. And they beat the Hawks. Then Nuggets dropped two to the Pelicans, another tough Western Conference team with a couple guys in Anthony Davis, Drew Holiday, Julius Randle, who always killed Denver, and then they lose to the Bucks again. So it's not that I'm making excuses for this team, but they're playing a lot of good teams right now. But that doesn't brush aside the fact that there are definitely some things wrong with this team right now. At 10-7, and 7, they're still in a good spot. I remember going back to the summer, to training camp, I was preaching how getting off to a good start would be so crucial for this team. And the 10-5 and start was great. They needed it, though, because their schedule is going to get a lot tougher. This road trip was a tough one, and we'll see what they can do Wednesday night in Minnesota. That seems like another 50-50 game that could go either way. Probably the easiest opponent of these three road games right now between New Orleans, Milwaukee, and Minnesota. But then again, Minnesota, they got some new life. They're a bit rejuvenated after the Jimmy Butler trade. They'll be tough for sure. And the Nuggets still have those demons of game number 82 last season hanging over their heads. But you got to think they're going to be up for that game. Then they come home against Orlando. They go out to Oklahoma City. They host the Lakers. And then The toughest road trip of the year, or one of the toughest, a five-game road trip, Portland, Toronto, Orlando, Charlotte, Atlanta. A couple easy games in there, but a couple tough ones. So things are opening up for Denver at the beginning of the season with that nice home schedule to start things off, but everybody knew this was coming, so that's why it was paramount to get off to a good start. They did, and now they've just got to battle through this adversity Right now, and I think they can because I I do think this Nuggets team is really good still. When you look at the talent on this team, it's undeniable from top to bottom. Nuggets have 10 guys right now who could play rotation minutes on pretty much every team in the league. Yes, Malik Beasley, he could be playing rotation minutes right now on the Golden State Warriors. So could Monte Morris. The Nuggets have arguably as much depth as anybody in the league. They have, I think, the second most talent just. In a pound-for-pound basis, player-by-player basis in the Western Conference behind the Warriors. That's just how talented they are. They're just not on the same page right now. And defensively, they've been really solid this year. They went up against the best offense in the league to date, the Milwaukee Bucks. Or now I guess they're tied for the best offense in the league after last night. They hold them to 104 points. And that's a valiant effort against the Milwaukee Bucks, who have been like I said, the best offensive team in the league to this point to hold them to 104 to really other than Giannis and Eric Bledsoe, who's now killed Denver in both of their matchups this year. They were able to hold pretty much everybody else in check. Brooke Lopez did not hurt them. They made some nice adjustments there and did not let him get loose from three. He was just two of seven from distance. Nobody off the bench really hurt the Nuggets. Ilya Sova had a good game, but this was a game that the Nuggets could win, and that's kind of been the thing with all these road games and all these recent losses. They've been in all these games. They just haven't put the pieces together to come out with wins in them, and that's what the really great teams do. They stay in games, they execute late in games, and they find ways to win. And that's just not what the Nuggets are doing right now. I Still, like I said, I think they're a really good team. They're a super talented team. If they ever do put it together, which they were doing over that 9-1 stress to start the year, they're going to be really dangerous. They could still win a series in the playoffs, but they're not on the same page right now. And going back to what I was saying about the defense... The defense has been really solid this year. It's probably the reason why they've been staying in games for the most part. Like I just mentioned, they've been in all these recent losses. They dropped six out of seven, but they've been in all these games. The defense is the reason why they're staying in these games. It hasn't really been the offense. Let me go ahead and take a break real quick. Be right back to answer some of your questions from last night's game here on the BSN Nuggets podcast. Are you in search of natural relief from your daily stresses Well, Strava Craft Coffee is a CBD-rich, hemp-oil-infused coffee that is non-psychoactive, helps reduce pain naturally, keeps those coffee jitters away, and so much more.
1: I started drinking it because I have the jitters arthritis, and I would prefer to drink coffee that has natural ingredients in it for healing. And this coffee treats the inflammatory process that happens from having to arthritis.
0: That was Robin. She's been drinking Strava craft coffee
1: every day for months now, and she is so happy with the results. I would recommend it to America, to everyone, because it is a fantastic product. It delivers, it does what it says it's going to do, and it's amazing. Put your body back in balance with Strava Craft Coffee and see how good you feel. Order online today and use promo code BSN2018 for 20% off. That's BSN2018.
0: Welcome back to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by In We Go. Harrison Wind here, Tuesday edition of the show. Let's go to the Total Beverage Fan Hotline right now.
1: Hello, this is Corey from Florida. It's after another loss. Played well enough to win. Just a couple of things didn't go our way. They made shots. We didn't. I think that's what it basically came down to. We gave up a lot of layups, but, I mean, the effort was there. So they came They came out uh, trying to win. So it went all good. But um, I'm just wondering why in the fourth quarter we we don't have Jokic just post up every play. I know you, that's not practical. You can't have him post up every play. But you can definitely run the offense to the rim, get it. Not even a mismatch. Him against Brooke Lopez is a mismatch. But why don't they just put Jokic in the post? That's that's my question. Thank you guys for all the hard work you guys do on the website, BSN Denver, or whatever the website is, and go Nuggets.
0: Thanks for the question, Corey. Yeah, it's frustrating. I feel you. That's a question a lot of people have thrown at me. Why don't you just give the ball to Nicole Jokic every time? on the block at the end of the games. Yeah, like you said, it's not really practical. You can't just do that every play, but you would like to see the Nuggets do that more. And late-game offense has been an issue for sure with this team over the last couple years. It's been an issue again this year. You can just look at the stats on NBA.com, the second spectrum data that all you guys can see. I mean, that says Jokic had four post-ups last night. That's a little below his average of how they clock it, how they register it at 6.7 per game. But yeah, late game offense for this team is an issue. And you can look at the NBA's clutch statistics, their clutch data, stats they keep for when there's less than five minutes left in the game and the margin is within five points. And Nuggets turn the ball over like crazy in the clutch. And when those parameters fit, when the Nuggets are playing, quote unquote, Clutch basketball. The Nuggets have turned the ball over a league high twenty-one times, and you know a part of that is the Nuggets have played a lot of clutch minutes. I believe it's in the forties right now. That's you know in the top ten in the league uh, for sure. So they've been in those situations more than a lot of other teams. With that, they're going to turn the ball over a lot more than other teams that haven't been in those situations a lot. But you know they're turning the ball over like once every five times once every five possessions in clutch situations, and that's just not good enough. You know, that's not good enough for a team with this many good, above average, elite offensive talents from Nicole Jokic to Jamal Murray to Gary Harris, you know, to Wancho. These are really good offensive players. Not all those guys are one and one cold blooded scorers, but you know, a lot of guys on this team are above average offensive players. And a lot of guys on the floor at the end of the games are really good offensive options. And there shouldn't be these issues uh, late in games, and I think there might be a couple reasons why. But I mean, the Nuggets equal opportunity offense. The flow, which wasn't really there at the beginning of the season, I think has been better over these last couple games. It was great against the Hawks. Granted, the Hawks are not a great NBA team. They're one of the worst teams in the league. Their defense was laughable the other night at Pepsi Center. I would have been very concerned if Nuggets didn't put up 120 that night, and their offense didn't look that good. Uh, but I think overall, of these last couple games, even though they've been two losses, the offense has been better. There's been more flow. There's been more pace to it, as Mike Mullen has talked about. I mean, the assists last night, the assists are usually a pretty good indicator of how healthy the Nuggets offense is operating. I mean, they have 30 assists on 40 made field goals. That's a good number. That's a healthy number of assists. But yeah, late in games, it just doesn't translate for whatever reason. And Nuggets had that poor third quarter uh, the last night, and that's kind of becoming an issue too. They had another poor third quarter against New Orleans that made them play catch-up for the rest of the game. They had six turnovers, I believe, in the third quarter last night. And down the stretch, they are prone to committing turnovers too. That equal opportunity offense just hasn't really translated too late in games really for the large part over the last couple of seasons. It's not just a thing this year, but we've seen defenses really focus in late in games and just kind of take away a lot of the easy buckets that the Nuggets have gotten up until that point in any given game on any given night. And the Nuggets, Michael Malone has talked about this, they just seem like they have to work really hard for every shot they get. And like I said, I think the offense has been a little better over the first few quarters here. But late in games, it's really tough for them to generate good looks. We saw that last night, I think, too. So the late-game offense has been an issue all season. It's been an issue for the last couple of years. The late-game execution just hasn't been there. And yeah, I'd agree with your Corey. Getting the ball to Nicole Jokic a bit more would be good. It'd be a step in the right direction. I mean, he had 20 points last night. shooting. 18 shots is a good amount for him. 5 rebounds, 5 assists as well. He had a healthy stat line. The minus 16 is a bit perplexing. And if you look at him, you look at how he's been playing with Jamal Murray and how he's been playing with Gary Harris, that trio just hasn't popped in the same way it did last year and the year before that even, in the spare minutes that Murray did play with those guys. But remember how good that trio was last year? how anytime you put Jokic and Gary Harris in a dribble handoff, you're probably getting a layup or a wide open three. That hasn't been the case this season. Nuggets took a lot of floaters, a lot of mid-range shots. It felt like against Milwaukee, that's clearly what Milwaukee wanted to give up. And yeah, the Nuggets made a lot of those, but just getting to the rim with ease off those kind of actions, getting wide open shots, it hasn't been there when you know, those three have kind of been involved to the extent that it has been over the last couple years. And yeah, it's kind of unexplainable, to be honest. Let me go ahead and take a break real quick. I got one more question to get to on the Total Beverage Fan Hotline. and I'll go over some other notes from this loss. Welcome back to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by In We Go. Let's go back to the Total Beverage Fan Hotline. Got one more question there. Then I'll get to some other notes from this loss, but let's go back to the Total Beverage Fan Hotline.
1: Hey, Chris in Denver. Uh, tough loss. Not a, not a not a whole lot else to say about that. Um, you know, I know a lot of fans are going you to know, blame Murray. He's kind of been the scapegoat, but... His play fell off in the third quarter when the rest of the team's play fell off. He had seventeen, nine, and eight. I think it's kind of unfair to blame everything on him. And I, I, you know, I think a lot of fans just need to, you know, face facts and realize that this team isn't as good as we thought they were. I know the Bucks are a good team, but you know, if, if you want to be a playoff contender in the West, if you want to be a team that hosts a playoff game, you got to be good teams on the road and. Denver really hasn't shown that they could do that this year. Um yeah, I don't know what the fix is, but uh I, I think instead of looking at this team as, you know, an exciting young core that's a championship contender, we gotta look at them as well maybe they might be the Western Conference version of the Wizards. And in this Western Conference I don't know if they make the playoffs. Um you know, I know you may think it's an overreaction, but they've lost six of seven. And they could very realistically fall on the playoff picture by New Year's. It's not – um wouldn't surprise me at all. Uh, where does this team go? Do some of the, did some of the more prominent critics of uh, the past couple of years, do they have a point? Is there changes that need to be made? Can changes be made to fix this? Is this thing fixable? Because at this point, um, you know, I know the shots aren't falling, but – you know, the shots aren't falling for a reason. And, you know, rather than, you know, just waiting for regression, we gotta we, we got to face facts and realize that we're about a, a quarter of the way through the season. And at a certain point you are what your record says you are. Curious your thoughts, as always. You know, keep up the great work. You know, I can't imagine what, what it was like covering this team, you know, when you had that Monday night game going on on the other channel. But, uh <sighs> anyways, keep up the great work. Love the show.
0: All right, I want to start with something Chris said there, and thanks for the call as always, Chris, about Jamal Murray because he just hasn't had his swagger, right? He hasn't been that same confident Jamal Murray over really this losing streak and even going back to that game against Boston. He had the 48 points. He really hasn't been himself since. I think he's kind of gotten outplayed by Monte Morris in most of those games since then. I did think, though, in the first half he was himself. He did have some swagger. He was the typical confident, little cocky, assertive Jamal Murray that has shined and been regarded as one of the league's up-and-coming stars for the last year or so over that first half. Remember that 12-2 bench run that the Nuggets had in the second quarter? Malik Beasley hit a couple back-to-back threes, and Jamal Murray was out on the floor for that, as he's been a lot of times the bench has played heavy minutes over the course of this year. He was you know, playing shooting guard with that bench unit yes, next to Monte Morris and Malik Beasley and Trey Lyles and Mason Plumlee, a role he's thrived in. And he was helping those guys play winning basketball. So I did feel like over the first half, he played really well. At halftime, his line was 11 points on five of 10 shooting, five rebounds, five assists, only one turnover. But in the second half, we did not get that same Jamal Murray. He goes two or four from the field, does hit a three, but those four turnovers in the second half really stick out like a sore thumb. And he was a minus 12 in that second half alone as well. And going back to what I was saying about Gary and Nicola and Jamal really not popping, those guys you always think are going to be in the positives, especially Gary and Nicola. Nicola was a minus 17 in the second half. Gary was a minus 13. Jamal was a minus 12. So just that trio just hasn't really meshed as it did last year yet. But I do think Jamal's slowly getting back to the level of play that he was playing at a year ago. He's looked like he's second-guessing himself. He hasn't looked like that confident and assertive guy on the floor so far this year, and there's not really a good explanation for why he hasn't been that guy. I mean, you could look at the fact that Nuggets were calling a lot of plays, or not a lot, but they were calling substantial amount of plays earlier this season. That hasn't been the case over the last couple games as much. Michael Malone hasn't been calling a lot of plays. Maybe that will help Jamal and Gary and Nikola get back to that flow that they had last year. The other thing you can point to is his outside shot, and I've detailed this on Twitter and on bsndenver.com, but through his first 16 games last year, he shot the same percentage from three and actually had the same number of makes and attempts that he did from three through 16 games last year compared to this year. And we know what happened from there on out. December came, he shot above 40% from three. January, he did the same. He finished the year at like 37.8% from distance. I think something like that could happen again this year. He's got to turn around now though, because you can only hang on to a small sample size for too long. I mean, we're almost a quarter of the way through the season here. We're almost at the 20 game mark. So he's got to kick it into gear. And about the team three-point shooting, not Coming around, it's kind of true to date. They did not shoot the ball well against the Bucks last night. They were 12 of 41 from three, 29.3%. But if you look at what they've done over the last few games, they've been losses. But against the Bucks, the first time around, they were 18 of 38 from three, 47.5%. They were 11 of 25 from three against Houston, 44%. They shot 42% from three against Atlanta, 38.5% against. New Orleans the other night. So I do feel like the three-point shooting is coming around. Gary Harris seems like he's found a little bit more of a groove. Jamal is still trying to get on track. As a team, Denver is up to 33.7%, 23rd in the league. It's quite a bit better than they were doing a couple weeks ago. So I feel like that will correct itself. But yeah, I mean, it's got to happen quickly here. Another point Chris brought up there, do big changes need to be made. I don't think we're at a do or die moment yet where this Nuggets season is hanging on a brink and there's got to be a huge shakeup by any means. I still believe in this team. I think the Nuggets still believe in this team. I don't think they're overly panicked or worried about what's going on right now. Yeah, they're in a cold spell. Yeah, they're in a little bit of a rut. I think they'll pull out of it like I kind of went through earlier. They still have a ton of talent. I feel like everybody's still together. They're not like the Washington Wizards. They're not splitting apart the seams, even before this recent episode with the Wizards happened. I think all these Nuggets players fit together in a way that I don't think the Wizards did over the past couple of years. So I don't think it's time to panic by any means. I don't think the Nuggets are panicking. There's still a long way to go. And I do think this team is really good. I think this team is really solid. They're just in a little bit of a rut right now, and they got to figure a few things out. If you're not subscribed to BSN Denver, I got to say, you guys are really missing out. On bsndenver.com right now, after every game, win or loss, home or away, we publish something called Golden Nuggets, which is pretty much observations, takeaways from that last game, jam-packed with video, quotes, observations, analysis from the locker room and whatnot. So if you're not subscribed to BS in Denver, you're certainly missing out on that. And again, that gets published after every game, win or loss, home or away. And I pretty much broke down there late Monday night when that got published just about how Giannis was able to kill Denver, how he was able to get into the paint with ease, and also some observations about Jamal Murray and the Nuggets defense So make sure you check that out. If you're not subscribed to BS in Denver, we got a great deal going on right now, actually, where you can get a one-year subscription to BS in Denver for just $24.99. It's one of the best deals we've had in quite some time. That $24.99 figure comes out to just $2.08 per day. So it's a great deal. It's awesome coverage. And I really feel like those golden nuggets pieces give a... Really nice look at the game from a couple of different perspectives, from a film perspective, from a box score perspective, and from an analysis perspective as well. So make sure to check that out on bsndenver.com. And I think that's all I got for today's show. Tough one for Denver again, but they do have a chance to salvage this road trip with a win in Minnesota. It's going to be a tough game as well. I don't think either team has forgotten about that game 82, especially the Nuggets, and Minnesota's riding a bit higher now. They're playing a bit more together, I'd say, since that Jimmy Butler trade. So we'll see how that game sorts itself out. And I'll be back Wednesday with a brand new show. Talk with you guys then.